Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Y'all, my... Uh, when I was cooking dinner for my parents just now, which is what I do when I'm home. You got poodles in South Carolina, not uh, in Los Angeles. No. Um, uh, my father <laughs> said, uh, we'll let Jake say the blessing to, uh, to, um, to, then he can be, he can show how grateful he is to have us as parents. <gasps> <laughs> No, he and did I, not. And I went, I'm going to pass. <laughs> no, he did not say that. He did say that. <laughs> Whoa. And my mother went, Gosh. Wow. What world are we living in? <laughs> I, so if you can spare a thought for the next couple of days, I'm going to be here until Sunday or no, Monday. Um. Mm. And yeah, you're flying back on Christmas, right? Yeah, this is AM Gay. Boy, your mom's not going to let you forget that one. This is yeah, AM I've Gay. Already, We're drinking. I've already. Uh, I've already. We are drinking. It's been I've a day. Faced. I've already faced. Um, my mother's already had to move Christmas lunch to a brunch, and she says brunch with such venom. <laughs> Can you just go over to your brother's house one night and get high? Uh, I'm doing that. Um, I think on Saturday. Just, just fucking do it. Yeah. Just relax. Yeah. There'll be. There's some. There's some. There's some. Some hot boys in his area too. Because oh when I God. y'all when I go home, I get hypersexual. <laughs> that, what? I'm like. How, <laughs> this isn't a question someone submitted, but I'm gonna ask. How does poodle? What is the difference of? I'm like a regular I'm like a, poodle like and a, hypersexual poodle. I'm like you know how women who are bipolar get super hypersexual. <laughs> yeah, like that's me right now. You're, no, you're always hypersexual. <laughs> like when is there a lull? That's what I'm I confused about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, y'all, she's right. This is the AM gay poodles. It's in AM gay. We are I'm in Oklahoma. Is, we're we're. We're recording this on December 21st. You're hearing it on, I don't know when we're dropping this. You know what? I think we're dropping it the following week. I think we're I dropping, think we're dropping, it, dropping it the 31st. The week we are. This is the last, this is a two-parter, but this is the last of our shows. After this, we're done for the holiday. This is the last. Yeah. So it feels, it feels, it feels appropriate. 
It does. We're wrapping we it up. We usually do kind of wrap up with this. I. It feels better this way. Um, I'm excited. You're going to go. I'm jealous that you're going to L.A. I'm excited to go to the Christmas markets in Vienna. Um, I'm, I'm going to. I'm excited. Dude, should I go see Beethoven's house? Was it worth it? Do you like Beethoven? I do. I want to see Mozart's because I like Mozart, but I heard it's kind of a dud. The but I Mozart like it. Ha- the Mozart house is not one he lived in for a long time. He was just and I just kind of want to be there to be in the energy of Mozart. That's all of Vienna. That's Vienna, yeah. yeah, yeah or yeah. just just go to a sex club. That's the energy of Mozart. Was Mozart gay too? No, he just liked a bunk. <laughs> All right. Hypersexual poodle is drinking and get going. We gotta we gotta get to these y'all, questions. Y'all, the grinder grinders hit me up at every damn time. Oh, okay, y'all. This is an AM gay. This is on the public feed, but this is these questions are brought to you by RG Plus subscribers. We tried our best. We tried our best. Anyway, uh, we had such a great year, so we want to thank y'all. So this is a time where y'all get to ask us anything. anything. And believe me, and then you and did. Then we, and then we choose exactly what we want to do. <laughs> So it's I, I, not really an AMA. It's not like a Reddit AMA where people are putting things like we you submit our questions and then we carefully select which yes. questions that don't offend our like fragile sensibilities <laughs> enough to ask. It wasn't like last year where someone asked how much we make a month. Oh, yes. uh, someone asked that. So and then also lots of questions about your relationship. All of you asked if I was still with my my ex at the time when I was completely Spoiler sh- alert. shattered about the whole thing. I did not want to answer it. Spoiler so, alert. Hashtag devastated. Hashtag <laughs> dumped. I wasn't dumped. That's true. Hashtag I was not. I you dumped. dumped. Yeah, but um anyway, <laughs> but hashtag devastated is ha- right. Devastated. Um <laughs> broken. Um uh but there is a question about that that we will be answering. Uh, really thoughtful questions. We're going to tell you this now. Several of you wanted to know if Poodle's in love. Poodle never tells anyone if he's in love or not. That's not a poodle way. You're going to know I'm in love with you <laughs> when you're on the bed, you're on the hospital bed, <laughs> and you've taken your last breath, and I whisper, I never loved you. <laughs> <laughs> or, I was almost in love with you. So close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> you were so close, Gerald. You were oh, so close. So close. Until I had to meet your fucking kids. <laughs> Anyway, Ugh. I'm excited for these questions. All right, Poodle, what's our first, or I have it here. Do you know it? Or if not, I have it, our first question. Uh, I don't have it. It is. Now I'm, now I'm there. Do you have a Christmas gift from childhood that created a core holiday memory? Happy holidays. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Maybe I have. You can tell me, or if, if I haven't, and I'll choose a different one. But... I had a little tiny Casio keyboard that I got and it played, it had these little cassettes that you slide into it. Oh, so this is different than the one that played Barbara Streisand's Evergreen. No, I played that on the piano. That, I oh, never oh, had. Okay. No, these were little inserts, and it was in the the little lights lit up on the keyboard, and so I, I that would tell you where to put your fingers. But I never fucked with that because I already knew how to do it. 
Um, <sighs> wow. So I turned those off. <laughs> Only amateurs. Only amateurs. Needed those. Needed those. So the 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 they had like little inserts, and the one that came with it, there were like um uh there were like four songs. One of them was Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue. It was country. The other was nine to five. And what was the there was there was one that was like um Eddie Rabbit, I Love a Rainy Night. Oh, I or, love that song. I almost sang that my birthday. Um or I what's the one? I keep a moving. Um, it's got the big wheels. Down, down, taking the, that down. one. Oh, I'm driving my life away. Driving my, driving my life away. Day. These are all songs on Maddie's Honk and Tonkin mix available it on was, Spotify. It was, it was driving my life away. Mm. And then what was the last that one? That is Eddie Rabbit. Yeah. But, was um, it Juice Newton? No, but I got a lot of other and that kind of... When I, because I, I would play on the little keyboards, and my parents thought that was a suitable replacement for piano. So that was the first. That was that was kind of the first realization that they have no fucking idea to under, how to understand me. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, that part. But but I really loved that gift, and I, so I played on it for like days after that. And it, it it only took them three years later to actually realize I needed piano lessons. So wow. that unlocked a chord memory. Glad it but was I was seemed, obsessed with it. It seemed all happy. I think most of my childhood is hap is small glimmers of happiness tinged with a general malaise of sadness. That, I get that. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That may be who I am now. <laughs> it's who you are. It's who you are. Um, no, I didn't know that. That was good. See, that's why I love these. We learned shit about each other. Um, mine was, I don't remember what i don't remember what they were but they were they were these did you have these they were these books um i mean because i've already told the story about when i got the one i my grandpa got me the discman um for christmas and it was a disc man no one says discman well it's a disc man it was a sony disc man and it was yeah. whitney houston's bodyguard album and it changed my life i've already talked about that um okay <coughs> gay oh yeah uh it was oh that was a core move. but no these I remember when, um, oh no, I was just reminded of another one. I'm just reminded of another one. Stop the bus. Who is this? I remember when I walked in Christmas and my parents had got me. It was this, I never thought that like Santa would bring this because I was younger, but it was like this huge kind of like desert commando G.I. Joe tank. And it was huge. And I was so, I know, you. this doesn't sound like me. Don't, I was going to say, don't is worry, it because I'm, all the men were like kept together in close quarters? <laughs> don't worry, I'm getting there. So it's like this huge tank thing with all this, because I loved He-Man and stuff too, but I loved G.I. Joe. And it was all these G.I. Joes. And you could put like you could put a plane in there and like a tank in there. It was just, the thing was huge. It was massive. But the That's thing a, I was most is it like excited, a hangar. Yes, it was like it was like this hangar, but on wheels. It was like a car. But the thing I was most excited about is it wasn't. I already had Miss Scarlet. She was my favorite GI Joe person. You know, course. it's not Miss Scarlet. It's, or it's Scarlet. just Scarlet. It's just Scarlet. Yeah, yeah. but she was very hard to find. 
but driving the car with Lady J. <gasps> Ooh, and one of I, our first lesbian icons. I was so happy that it was Lady J driving this big G.I. Joe tank and Lady J and Miss Scarlet just rode in rode together in the front of that car. Norman Louise style. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't care who they pissed off. Oh, my mother, because I would love I to- guarantee you they had a bunch of dogs in the back. <laughs> they did. And I love driving it because well, I would drive it in the, the dining room in the kitchen where the carpet was really short. So it would yeah. drive really well on the kitchen carpet. And and on the and on the radio was the closer I am to find. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I that was a good story because you thought this doesn't sound gay, but with any of Jake and I's story, just no, wait. No, that sounds real gay. Just wait. Me. We'll get there. We'll get to the gay. Anyway, I was well, I'm very glad shocked. you had that. Okay, what poodle? I'm gonna let you choose the next question. Uh, uh oh, this is a good one. Um, oh, let me just do this one right off because we have like sure. three people ask about this and it's something we say every year, but maybe it's not clear. People ask when we say on, the, on our theme song, people ask, you said the key to what poodle? And I go to love it's reality gaze. Let's blank. And the word people have said, people have thought it was a fuck. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Which I kind of like. I got me into that. Uh, let's, the, someone said, let's fly. Someone mm. say, let's fall. Let, but it is, let's love. Love. L-O-V-E. Love. And maybe, and I thought I tried to pronounce the V more specifically in my diction, but I'm going to blame Maddie for just going love, even though he could do it more specifically because he was at a lower pitch level. I know that he was going to blame me, um, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to blame your lazy diction for that yeah. mm -hmm. because it actually bothers me that we get that note. My diction is great. Mm, my Maybe. English diction's great. Again, yeah. reality gaze, let's love. There should be a v at the end. Now I want to add that. We're not. Um, I, I think it's because uh, Frank, the intern's already made it sound better. I think that's probably because we put reverb on that and it kind of echoes out. So it's oh. kind of, I think that's why. So I don't want to lose the reverb and the echo. So no, not happening. Well, if you come to a live show, you better best bet I will be saying love very explicitly. <sighs> Y'all. Wow. The If You Can Dream It tour, tickets available before, Not yet. By, by the end of January. That's what we're hoping for. April that's, and May. That's Clear your schedules. <laughs> All I right. swear to God, if someone tells me, oh, I can't, we have a graduation party that night on Saturday. Fuck off. No one gives a shit. We need to move on. <laughs> we need to move on. Um, Poodle. If you could be any Disney character, who would you be and why? Hmm. Hmm. Like Disney mainstream, like in the movies, like like the Disney movies or like Disney characters. Like they just say Disney like in, character. In, 
Hmm. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this two ways because I already feel torn because there's some of the Disney characters I want to be because they're hot guys and they would get a lot of dick. But and you're the, not them. But, you're but not I would them. Want, but I'd want to be that Disney character. Oh, is or, that what they're asking? They're asking which Disney character are we? So I'm gonna give you two. Who's the who's the hot person you want to be to get all the to get fucked and. Who is a Disney princess who speaks to, or or villain, who speaks to your heart? I think if I if I in an ideal world, who would I be that would get would would I would be knee deep in pussy? Um, because mm-hmm. let's let's face it, it's a very heterosexual world of Disney. It is. Um, it'd have to be Aladdin with that open shirt. Oh my god, I was going to say Aladdin with that open shirt. It's, I agree. I'm y'all. That was a seminal moment, and he's I say also seminal, twinkish, and literally and figuratively. Yes, he was hot, and also he's forever young. So you're always young. You're and always a twink. There's also something about that hat. Yeah, <laughs> and he's so agile, and he can climb buildings, and just like, mm, yeah, he could like just bounce around. Um, totally. If it is someone who that speaks I to your would, heart, who are who would be who would you want to be? Live that life. <laughs> you have your you have your voice you have your you have your looks you have your brain and don't underestimate the importance of body language <laughs> it would be ursula y'all any day of the week campiest wow. villain ever the villains are just more fun they are more fun. They are more fun. Um, and yeah, you've actually been Ursula before. I have been Ursula. Um, Who would I, you be? I actually think probably this is. Ooh, ooh, I'm torn by this. Don't be basic. Don't be basic. Don't be basic. Because don't be basic. <laughs> no, I'm just. I really think that probably. Of all, boy, this is a lot because I watched a lot of Disney. Oh as my a kid. god! Come on. I think, honestly, I think the I think the person that I would be, uh, no, I get nagged by them. I'm gonna pick. You're gonna make fun of me. You're not gonna like it. No, I won't. Um, <laughs> I think I would be Cinderella, so I could wear that dress. Ugh. Don't get me wrong. I love Ariel. Ariel talks a lot. Ariel speaks a lot to my heart. Cinderella has no agency. I, but I would be a different Cinderella. I would. No, I'd be like you Cinderella wouldn't. You in can't the movie. rewrite. You I'd can't be like Drew Barrymore in Ever After. That's mixing genres. <sighs> You're right. I wouldn't. Probably. I, 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 I want to be Cinderella if I'm being be- be Amy Adams, and then you get to be you get an, an enchanted, and yeah. then or with Giselle, then you get to have agency, and like then you realize you can you can remake the world. But I want to say I want to be Ariel because I, but I wouldn't go against my father's wishes like that. I know I you do would, that. You would be I a could, good girl. I wouldn't do that. I, I now do do I do I want to be Aurora? Do I want to be Sleeping Beauty so I can talk to? But I don't want to talk to birds. I'm scared of birds. I don't want to sing up with birds so cinderella i'm not that scared of mice i would be fine with gus gus talking to me while i'm and i love Mm. cleaning it's cathartic to me (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, all those are fair. <laughs> that's so. That's why I would pick Cinderella. All those she has, are fair because everybody knows Prince Eric is the hottest prince by far. Of in of in in in, in Little Mermaid. In Dis- yeah, uh, Prince Eric. Prince Eric is the hottest. Second only to the Beast whenever he transforms. Ooh, the Beast in, fame, in human form is really is hot. It's really hot. But and I'm going to say this. The Beast in Beast form is still also hot. Really hot. It's still really hot. <laughs> y'all, y'all, if you saw the Beast in Beast form and go, I would oh, tap that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. But because I would, I'd love to be Belle, but I don't. Mm-mm, no, I'm, I'm not more. Bad. If I had to be a heroine, it would be Belle because You're, she's yeah, smart and she's bookish. Um, I actually think you are the most aerial because you're always I'm searching very and yearning for something different outside of your mm-hmm. life, and you would go against your father's wishes. And she's always showing off her shoulders. That's true. So, that's true. You know the big big thing I would have a problem with is being quiet for a while. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't like talking. losing your voice. No. No. Wouldn't trade my voice. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Next question, Pooh. This is a good one. This is specifically to me, but um Go ahead. Uh, I'll let you I'll let you join in. This says, Poods, if whilst summering in Newport, you were invited by Mrs. Russell and Mrs. Astor to their respective opera boxes, but you could only choose one, which would it be? And why is it the Met? <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all, the opera wars this season uh, were incredible on the Gilded Age. It was incredible. And I, I'm going to I'm going to comment now because people have been asking for a corner. So this will be kind of like the Gilded Age corner. Um, this season finale was absolutely staggering. It was uh, gorgeous too. And I will say my heart goes with the Academy, but my soul and my, and my kind of like, uh, uh, social climber feeling and my subversive, uh, uh, Bertha Russell lives in me would go with the Met because it's in the new generation and it's gorgeous and it's bigger. You and would be like the woman who left the academy. It's like no one's here. I'm Mrs. leaving. This is fish, and you. She just leaves. Yes, yes, yes. I honestly think it's like I don't. I lease a car because I like to get a new car every year. Y'all, I would trade up to the Met. <laughs> I would. I would, I would, tr- I would trade up to that Met to be just in the same room as Morgan Spector. Oof. Oh God! Yo, you can Google, you can Google those, you can Google those shots. It's it's phenomenal. It was um, beautiful though, and the the fireworks with the Brooklyn Bridge, yes. and just like it felt this just new dawn of hope, and and then at the oh. And then I, when you find out that the sister now is the one who's going to be in charge of the family business. Yes. Sorry, spoiler alert. But that was a uh, good, Not really family business. The sister's in charge. She the has sister, the money. Ada, yeah. Ada is, has been left money. And, and they're like, I was wanting to see if Miss, what does Miss Forte wanted to do. And uh, <sighs> the, I think also the, 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 the first, the first um, kind of confirmation of Larian. That's Larry and Marion. That's what yes. I've called their couple names of Larian. <laughs> I like that actually. Larian. 
I was excited for them to kiss. It was a great episode. I feel like there's something about me that that she feels like she would eat his lunch a little bit. But I, I think it's that I think it's that I don't know. He needs he, I will say as a character, we need a little bit we need to see a little bit more of his father in him. We need to see yeah, a little more he teeth. reads he reads light for me. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. gay to me. I'm not saying Ooh, the actor. I'd wish like, that he feels that. So, uh, mm. and Oscar went back to that mm. dick. It was a good season. I told oh, my mother. I missed. To watch it. I missed that part. Did Oscar go back to the hot guy? Well, he goes back crying to him whenever he gets hoodwinked. Yeah, but they didn't fuck. No, they didn't fuck. And they're and it's it's only it's only temporary. Yeah. No. I'm excited uh, for season three. It's going to be a good. Me too. Very exciting. Um, and Sorry I love that. that stupid alarm clock plot. I don't care how dumb it is. I, I, I need, I want him to make a million dollars. I love that actor too. He's so great. He's so just handsome in a character way. Oh. Um, I saw a picture of him smoking on the street and I wanted oh, to bang him no. so bad. <laughs> Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Dis and Tell, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. Poodle, I gotta tell you, I think I just made one of the best investments for myself. Oh, thank God. You got rid of those braces and decided to sew your mouth completely shut. Perfect. No. The doctor just added four more months. I think he's trolling me at this point. No. See, now that I'm putting myself out there. No one wants to hear about your dating life. But you talk about yours all the time. Because mine is interesting. Well, I wanted to let you know that I took a page from your book and it worked. Ooh, you slept with her ex to make them jealous? No. (gasps) You pulled their credit report? What? Made a copy of their keys while they were sleeping? How are you not in jail? Deny, deny, deny. No, Poodle. I decided to get myself a pair of Me Undies great new underwear, which makes my um, important parts look more junk forward. Junk forward? Wait, are you talking about the contoured pouch and ball caddy from Me Undies? Yes, the contoured pouch and ball caddy from Me Undies. I love the contoured pouch and ball caddy from Me Undies. There's no other way to date in this world. If you're not dating junk forward, you're doing it wrong. I think you're right. And you never told me that they're so comfortable. Well, usually I'm not wearing them that long. But yes, they are so soft. And the more you wash them, the softer they get. And they still keep you tucked and lifted in all the right places. When I wear them, I can barely keep men away from me. Oh, the way they stare. They look like burly, hungry cavemen searching for a nice meal after a long caveman day of nomadically crossing the tundra. To them, I'm like a piece of meat roasting over an open, smoky flame. Speaking of smoking, not only does my junk look great in me undies, but my butt looks hot. Okay, no one wants to hear your over-sexualized descriptions. Have some class. (sighs) 
Sissies, we've fallen in love with MeUndies, and you can too. They have a style for everyone. From all black classics to fun, expressive prints, MeUndies has a look for everyone. Plus, they come in sizes extra small to 4XL, guaranteeing a flattering cut for everybody. And Me Undies isn't just about underwear. Explore the lounge collection featuring joggers, hoodies, onesies, and more. With unmatched comfort, Me Undies signature fabric is as soft as a warm hug from your favorite sweater. It's breathable, stretchy, and oh so comfy, making it ideal for all day wear. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that care for their workers. And you know Mother Poodle loves a return policy. Not happy with the first pair of Me Undies? It's on Me Undies. Cool. Sissies. Good things come in big packages at MeUndies. Get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash RealityGaze. That's MeUndies.com slash RealityGaze for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies. Comfort from the outside in. To all our queens, to Caitlin and the Canadian sissies. Oh my God, Poodle. I can't stop singing that song either. It's so catchy. So catchy. Sissies, we are obsessed with the Songfinch original song that we premiered at the Toronto Live Show. Songfinch lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and lasts forever. For example, we wanted to create a song dedicated to our Canadian listeners, some of which have waited four to five years to see us live. After the show, we had so many people tell us how special the song made them feel, and we are still getting DMs and comments about it. And the Songfinch songwriter was so clever, incorporating all our sissy references like Aunt Peggy's Lip, Elizabeth Smart, and even Keep Going Queens. Yes. Songfinch walks you through a simple process to create your original song. Just tell them who the song is for, what style of song you want, and then share some personal details about your relationship. Then an actual Songfinch musician of your choice will write, record, and produce your original song in just four to seven days. You can also choose unique add-ons to make the gift even more personalized, like a vinyl record of your song or a piece of -of one-of-a-kind art made from your lyrics. You can even add your song to Spotify. With more than 350,000 happy customers, Songfinch is proud to be called the number one custom music company in the world. Whether your song is for Mother's Day, Father's Day, an upcoming graduation or a wedding, or just to show a loved one how much you care, start your song now to lock in a top Songfinch artist. And for a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free so you and the lucky person you gifted to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Go to songfinch.com slash realitygaze and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, a $50 value. Again, our URL is songfinch.com slash realitygaze. Don't forget to share your song with us, too. songfinch.com slash realitygaze. Now, Gary, play us out with a little bit of our Songfinch original song to all our queens. And find your happy Hey, hey, our Canadian listeners We know you get tired of waiting Reality Gaze is coming to you So no more complaining To all our queens To Caitlin and The Canadian sissies Love yourself Never be ashamed to all our queens, to Caitlin and the Canadian sissies, 
Love yourself, never be ashamed. Have hope and find your happy. What's your next one? <laughs> it's so so obvious. Uh, this one is, um, uh, what is your dream project, separate and together? Um, I mean, I kind of feel like, I don't mean to sound cheesy, together, like this is, we are literally living a dream, full stop. So I agree. I think this is a pretty great thing together. Yeah, we really um this is what we always imagine. We have Until other stuff I complaining that cut we, you off. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. I know. What? I'm just riding it while I what? can. Mm-hmm. We we have some other things that we do dream about. Sadly, or not sadly, wonderfully, those kind of things are in the works, but by a contract and things we like that, we're can't not actually allowed to, say them. <laughs> we can't actually talk about stuff. So um, um yes. I can say in 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 non-specific I can say non-specific things that that I'd like to do separately is, I mean, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm, I write music and I write lyrics and I write prose and, um, I'd love to, I'd love to expand that to podcasts and some things are in the market for that. Um, one of the things I'm going to talk about in the next couple of months is, um, one of my shows is being produced that I, that I wrote music and lyrics for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to go up in Los Angeles. That's actually. a comedy, right? Uh, Chekhov called it a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Only it's a poodle. comedy. It's right a comedy. In, about Chekhov. <laughs> it's a comedy in the, in the, in the Russian sense of the word. Chekhov really did call it a comedy. Wow. There are funny parts of it, but it is, it is a very emotional, um, let's say heartfelt rock musical. Mm. Yeah, um, I love your musicals. You, I don't just tell on, you that. I think you. Thank you. It's no, it's based stuff. on Chekhov's The Seagull, but it's set in uh set currently in the music industry. Mm. So, um, and that I'll be telling you more information about that in 2024. So that's exciting. I picked this question, too, because I'm in a little bit of this space right now for myself. I think I just kind of had a get out of last year for myself. And now I feel myself. I'm definitely with everything that happened. I'm on the other. I was just talking to my therapist, like noticing the last three months, four months. I'm really on the other side of grief and I'm happy. And so when you're happy is when you can start to think creatively. And I just bring this up because I know know a lot of you are in this space right now. And I just want to say if you're not feeling happy or you're not feeling your best self right now, we put pressure on ourselves that we need to, quote, produce or we need to have output and that, yeah. and I just want to say that isn't the time for that. Let your body rest, rest. Let your body kind of rebuild. Because now I'm kind of having the inklings of, do I want to? I don't want to do Dear Maddie, but do I want to do something in podcasts? And you know, something for me, I want to get, I want to be acting more. Um, you know, I've gone, I've, you know, I've done stuff commercially, but I've gone out for series regular roles twice now for different shows. So like, I really would like to, I want to book a sitcom. That's something I want to do. So that's something I want to get back into myself as acting. So it's, um, I think, but I'm still figuring it out. What you were saying though, is about accomplishments and, and being productive. Y'all trust me what I've been doing in my therapy. And maybe this speaks to some of y'all. 
That's not your worth. It's not. I just had not a, your worth. I just had to tell a friend. It's um, not your worth. That her and job I, is not her worth. And, her, yeah. and I know that, but it's hard. it means nothing about who you are. My therapist calls it the human doing, that we have to be doing something. Oh, I love that. That's great. And all the time, <laughs> i got to say, my therapist is really brilliant. Nope. And I met her on BetterHelp. BetterHelp, y'all. Use our code. Use our code. Um, but yeah, but, I just feel like, yeah, you're right. Everybody puts this. That's why I brought this question up. We put this pressure on ourselves. I don't, you know, I don't produce, Garten, produce, produce. I was just watching, uh, she was being interviewed by uh, someone from the BBC and she was talking about the barefoot contestant. Big black cock. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been interviewed by them a lot. Uh, and, and probing yeah. interviews, Pro- deep probing it, it interviews, a probing interview every time, <laughs> every time it went deeper. Um, but they, she talked about, she said, you know, and this is so true, y'all. She's Ina said, I just think she's like, it's impossible to predict your future. We never know where we're going to end up. So instead, she's like, just get in the kiddie pool and splash around now and have fun. And then yeah. when you see something else in the pool, Go over there and splash around and have fun over there. And suddenly, before you know it, you're going down this stream that you didn't even know existed. And Um, I think that was a great metaphor. I love that. And I love – I love that. And I love – Owen Yang was asked when he – I want him on our show. I know. Y'all manifest that. We're we're trying to make it work. Um, But uh, was asked – do you plan for a lot of things? And he's like, I used to, and I used to really try to figure out how I could make things work. He's like, now I try to leave space for two things, which is surprise and delight. Oh, I love that. Yes. Surprise. That is great. Follow the fun. I love that. Surprise. Like, so something will be surprise and then delight and actual authentic delight. I love that. Less planning, more surprise and delight. More surprise and delight. So that's what, um, yeah, that's what we're up is to. It, is it my turn? It is. Um, okay. Okay. Um, okay. This is, this is an interesting question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to just, because we, we've talked about this before, but someone says, which Enneagram number is Maddie? And I haven't taken says, it. My get he hasn't, and I've yielded about it. And, I'll do uh, it. He says my guess is I don't know seven. I don't think he's a seven, um, but because I think he's either a nine, which is a peacemaker, um, or two, which is the giver. Um, Probably. I think you're closer to a nine, um, but I think you have attributes of both. I mean, they're both peacemaker and givers are basically codependent people, and that's me. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's me. At their worst. That's the thing. At your best, it's a different thing. That's the that's the thing with an Enneagram. It'll tell you what you are at your best when you're kind of or when you're like kind of neutral, and then when you are at your worst. And it just helps you knowing how to relate to other people. You've poo-pooed it for a long time. Well, it's kind of – it's something – personally, it's a, maybe it's a little bit of like a poodle in me where I don't want someone – I don't want someone to uh, 
to put you in a box. box. And even the type of therapist I was like narrative therapy is more kind of looking at the client is the expert of their life. We're not diagnosing them. We're not telling them this is your mommy issue. We kind of let them. We it's the same thing as horoscopes. It is. It is very similar. So, um, I, so I do totally agree with that. So I, so I I know that's a little bit of my, um, I think that comes from, of just, uh, being back, you know, younger people are classifying you and saying you're this. And also as an actor, uh, you're just told a lot, well, you're this type, you're this type. Now I accept that and I recognize that. But I think that's just, honestly, I feel like that's a little bit of old Matt rejecting that. New Matt is fine with it. Oh, now there's an old Matt and a new Matt. Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> New Matt's going to be getting dick in 24 because 2024 is a year of the whore. And I'm going to tell you all about it on the air. Uh, not ready for that. Um, just so I'll read you about what I think you are. A nine. Um, the peacemaker are defined by their desire to maintain inner and outer harmony. They can be gentle and agreeable. They like to diffuse conflict and bring people together. They're often the glue in some people's relationships. Um, deepest fear, nine's fear being too needy and thus Uh pushing people away. (laughs) They cope with this fear by submitting to the desires and agendas of the people around them and being agreeable in order to be included and validated. Wow. Uh, I'm (laughs) reading you for filth. (laughs) And I'm going to say this. At their uh, – the core values are to uh, – to the quickest way to a peacemaker's heart is to acknowledge their contributions and reassure them of their importance. Um, they love to share nuggets of wisdom. And uh, when they are healthy, they use their conflict-diffusing power to maintain harmony and bring social fluidity. They're great communicators. When they're unhealthy – they um, they can get passive aggressive and leads to burnout and emotionally exhaustion. Oh, yeah, yep. I think you're you're kind of a combination of a nine and a two. I think so that makes me feel better. You can't box me in. I can't be just one. Well, I'm a you 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 have a wing, but um, you'll no you you have you like I'm I'm kind of like. I'm somewhat of a four and somewhat of a of a um a one, which is a perfectionist, but I'm mostly a four. <laughs> yeah, we got the yeah, I agree. Because like y'all fours will answer anything just to be a four. Because <laughs> a four is individualists and we need to be different. We need to be we need to stand out. It's yeah. all about it's also all about emotionally we were emotionally starved in our childhood. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> See, that makes me want to hug you. But that's a caregiver. You're, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to be hugged because <laughs> that's I don't need- like to be touched because that's needy and that pushes you away and that pushes me away. I don't think I need to take the test. <laughs> You're taking the test, you bitch. <sighs> oh, okay. All right. We're, what's we're, your we're next? Talking. One? Okay. Uh, you are such. You are either a nine. I, I don't agree that you're a seven. Um, but uh, I think you're a nine right, or a two. That's why I bit two. All right, I said seven. Um, 
So, okay. Uh, someone wanted to know, we brought this up earlier. I'll just bring it up. But where is the question? They wanted me to know, it was about me. Uh, what did I learn from my last relationship? Is that what the question was? Right? I think so. Yeah, I, I just had it and I can't find it now. Um, I think I've talked about this a lot on the this year just because I've been talking about my process in it of like, you know, being with the nar- being with the narcissist. We all had faking. to live through future faking and peaceful Barb. Hey, you all <laughs> learned. I love peaceful Barb. God, if I met her, we she all just had a great to, post all, the other day. We all oh. had to live through that post breakup, mm-hmm. looking at, talking about future faking, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna like t- tolerate this. Mm. Here we go. It was. I think I've learned uh, again for me the. Definitely, y'all, I can't recommend, especially, like, whether it's, like, you know, I've talked about Al-Anon, but Codependence Anonymous and things like that have given great tools. Um, and I don't go to meetings or anything anymore. But um, that literature has helped. But I think what I learned from uh, – that was the biggest thing I learned from my relationship. Because it's not even really about my relationship. When I look back um, – uh, again, I was just talking about this with my therapist last week. When I look back at all my relationships, pattern of life, even not yeah. just romantic relationship, but I have yeah. friendships that ended too. I think every single person was a narcissist. And so mm. just for me, it's recognized. I just saw like, it was like a meme, but it's so true. Like the best thing you can do for yourself in a relationship is to work on your own self-awareness and know as much about yourself as possible. So I think what I learned kind of coming out of this relationship is that um i i need to that's why i have a meditation teacher now like i'm i'm i think i need to learn more about myself and dig into that and i felt before if i'm honest i felt like that was selfish or conceited mm-hmm. or um arrogant to to worry about myself and to think about myself and try to think but i recognize now you have there, to prioritize yourself. There's no other – it's not even prioritized, but it's – yes, it's prioritized, but it's also there – you will not get through this life in a in a healthy or content or happy, whatever word way, if you don't actually ask questions about yourself in a deep way, figure out mm-hmm. what you really want, figure out what you don't want, learn about yourself, and really – honestly, like develop that self-love. And so that's kind of the biggest thing that I've learned coming out of that relationship. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Dis and Tell, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle? Or is it something that started much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com what, what do you think drew you, or maybe what do you think drew other people to you who were narcissists or what, what do you think drew, drew you to them? I think energetically they could, they like, we're using those enneagrams that they could feel that I was that two or that nine, mm-hmm. they, they energetically just feel that I'm going to be that person to caretake for them. And at the same time, I, it actually like, as my therapist told me too, he said, your empathy is your superpower and it's also your greatest weakness. I've said that. It really, because I, I know Jake talks about like he can't watch some things, but like for me personally to see, it is actually painful when I see someone in front of me that's upset to me. It it mm-hmm. makes me so bothered and I just, I need to regulate that and fix that. Um, but it's really not for them. It's my own really selfish is that I can't tolerate it. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to fix it for them, fix them to fix me. And so I'm just now getting very comfortable with um, like just like not caring about other people's relationships, not caring about other people's happiness and letting that not be my responsibility. So, but I think that's what drew me in those. And we can go back to like my childhood and my upbringing and like, I love my dad, but y'all, my dad was a narcissist full stop. And so I, I I think that that I learned a lot of those behaviors from him and having to be a caretaker for your mom. Yeah, my mom, emotionally, when she got devoted, I started caring. Yeah. I was a parentified child. So I think all that, uh, I think to also too, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've it, had other experiences, sexual abuse and things like that. Things that just made me really like have to think about what the other person is thinking mm-hmm. or doing. And so it just, I think though, getting with those, it's like when we talk about these shows, we were just talking about a couple. I forgot what show it was. We were talking about, um, oh, well, I don't remember who it was. I mean, but you can look at like Ashley and Jay or people like, like these people have these patterns and we fit together like broken puzzle piece pieces. So, but you know, you, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think and I've said this before, um, that you can be too understanding of people. I, I, uh, yeah, I know that like, I can really, and someone does a tear. The one reason I didn't watch like Dahmer for two reasons. Everybody was like, cause that was right in the middle of my breakup. And everyone's like, you've got to watch Dahmer on Netflix. It's so good. And I said, A, I'll never date again. I'll be so paranoid. <laughs> but also I know myself. I don't want to watch that and have understanding and go, oh, I can understand why he did that. Cause I would like, that's how much empathy I can have for a monster like that for anyone. And I don't want to go there. Yeah, maybe yeah. talk to <laughs> the therapist thing. Okay. Let's go to a lighter question. How sure. about that? Sure. Um, let's say, oh, this is more, let's do more 90 day um, questions. Sure. Um, someone asks, um, if you were, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Is it um, the one? Imagine you were in charge. That one. Yes. 
Here I have it. It's imagine um, you were in charge. Imagine of you were in charge of the Matt Sharp production for one day. What what one change would you implement in the ninety day Love After Lockup multiverses? Hmm. You know what I would do. Um, and this is just. I think this is. I I would tell my producers. Whatever you need to do, whatever you need to do to document the truth of this, do that. Don't don't script something for don't create a story where there isn't one. Mm. It may not there, it may not be that these people have a storyline. Let's just follow more people, which will be more money. Yeah. But don't create a story or, and don't don't film don't film something and say we're gonna make something happen where there isn't anything because that's what we talk about for audacity all the time, y'all. Mm-hmm. That things feel too massaged. I think that's that's for me, and because that's that's my problem with authenticity. That's that I that 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 I I just break out in hives when I see it when I don't think it's. And also feels like sometimes that they are thinking their audience is dumber than they are. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I and and I and I feel slightly offended when that happens. Mm. Yeah, I love Sharp for most of the time, but um, it is like if think about the early days of Nanny Day, like you could not you could not fake anything with Kylan Noon. The story no, was couldn't. already as the story was already as truthful as it got. I agree, but I will say I feel like this year of 90 Day Fiance was one of the best years we've had of 90 Day Fiance in a while. Every I thought the shows were really entertaining. Are you talking about the series of 90 Day Fiance? I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm talking about like this the multiverse of 90 Day Fiance. Oh. Just I know we're about to do single life, but don't forget we had a single life at the beginning. We had we've had again just Shekinah oh my God, Sarfer, before the ninety before the ninety this was, year. I think it's been I would say like one of the best years in like three or four years of ninety day fiance. Yeah, so I, I'm really I my note would be um, men um, under uh, or just basically almost all men just need to be shirtless all the time. Mm. That, that's the rule I would put in. <sighs> Chicken shit. <laughs> I went for I went for something harder. No, I really don't know. I was actually this was such a great season. I was I was pretty happy with it. Um, I think if there was anything, um, I actually less ninety day. I will say for love after lockup. I really would. I really. Um, I think just from when we've interviewed Lindsay and we've heard rumbling, uh, I think more than anything, and I get it because maybe they do it for legality, but I just feel like we they leave out the story in Love After Lockup of some of these I characters. I totally agree. And I would love to, like, let's really try to tell as much as the complete story. Because we have, y'all, they haven't talked about, like, Lindsay is going to school and she's, like, working, like, in, was it politics that she was working? Or, like, prison reform? Yeah. Like, like she was doing and amazing I, things and it's not talked about at all. And what what they seem to what the producers seem to focus on are what makes her po white trash yes and yeah and it's funny but i what i think is so admired is that she's 
she's come from these experiences and now she's doing these incredible things. So I feel like, yeah, Lalu doesn't focus on that. I, I, not, not to, not to discount anything you said. I completely understand why they don't do that. (laughs) I do too. I do too. No, I understand um, it. Yeah. I just Um, think for me, it would make, I would like that show to go less 90 day and go more docu-series. It wouldn't have to be not on Wii TV. But exactly. Exactly. It would have to be on a different <laughs> channel. That's just something that I enjoy. Anyway. I agree. All um, right. Let's last question. I think we're good for last question yes. before we go to part two. Is it my turn? Uh yep. Or no, it's actually mine. No, but, it's yours. Uh what was we where is the question? Because we said we decided oh on Oh my we, god. We, you know, I can't can tell you. It, now. it is it is um how did you each discover that you are a bottom, preferred the bottom buck. Did it's you just fire the bottom? Did you just know, or did you experiment with topping and know it wasn't for you? Good question. Well, well Esmeralda, or whoever <laughs> asked this question, you dick pig. Sometimes you just know you have sex and you go, well, that was good. And then you have sex and it feels like coming home. And then you're like, oh, this is what it's like. But (sighs) I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm in my verse era. Who knows what's going to happen in 2024? I mean, I am. I think I have to because no, there's not any tops anywhere when you're dating. That's true. And so it's, it's just like, they're all just bottoms. And I think. I think in hookup culture, you're more top or more bottom. But I think in like, because I've been in kind of like a relationship. I cannot believe I've been in a relationship for a year. You have, it's yeah. It's insane. It's insane. We switched. Like, it's I got in a relationship when you, but when yours was kind of like devastatingly falling apart. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like ruthlessly, like disintegrating before our very like, eyes. Like you did it on purpose, just to smite me. <laughs> he, did. he did. Like you literally said, oh, I broke up. I'm like, I'm in a relationship. You did. That's literally how it went. You're like, I was like, I kicked him out. You're like, I just went on a great first day. We just committed. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. That's wonderful for you. <laughs> Super nice. We're going away next weekend. Great. We're, you yeah. know where we're going? We're, the, we're going to the last place you went to with, with, your, with your ex. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a terrible vacation. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know what I think? Um, one day I'll have a book, y'all. You can hear all the details then. I'm that's, for that. I, I will say, do I think that people are exclusively tops or bottoms? No, I don't think that um i think there's something in there's something in your character that makes you enjoy one more than the other and maybe you're just completely versatile and you're like 50 50 or maybe you're a side and you don't like bottoming at all or topping at all you don't do all that that's neither us that's neither one of us but it is especially i find i find younger generationally uh men who have sex with men that's quite often I find that to be the case for them. But, for, you know, for me, I think I think to bottom you have to be. You can talk about masculine and feminine roles and all that, and people's hangups about that. I think you have to be. I actually think you have to 
be more comfortable with who you are to be a bottom than someone who's, a, I think you really have to be sure of yourself. I'm oh, not saying that you people, let go, you let go of everything. You have to let, I, you're bottoming. I, you have to yeah. know thyself. I, I'm not saying that people that don't bottom, that they don't know them. I'm just, yeah. there are some people that just don't like it and don't want to do it or it's painful or whatever. I'm not talking about that, but I, I know several guys who wanted to bottom, but every time they did it, they were so tense. And I think about them and they weren't, comfortable with who they were it just it was a theme I saw a yeah. lot in the men for me though how kind of like how do you know it was I'll tell you it's when oh God. <laughs> you're 19 years old and you're making out with your RA on his futon in his dorm room I think Natalie Yikes. and Rulia was playing I don't remember and you just it was sucked. torn. Are you I, serious? I don't know. It was something like that. It might have been the cardigans. And then you're making out and they his ruined the cardigans for me. And his huge dick is really hard after you've sucked it for like 10 minutes. And then he's <laughs> you're laying back and you're just making out, kind of grinding on each other, and you don't know if it's gonna lead to something. But then they kind of hike up your legs and they start tapping at the back door and there's a feeling that happens if you don't if you and i can't describe the feeling because if you don't know it then you're not a bottom if you don't if you don't open like a flower yeah, but that's what I've like a like yes. a like an like orchid a, uh, i think yours is probably more like a venus flytrap like a snapdragon but because I didn't know this when I was younger. Not as much now that I'm older, but, when I, you know, my ass made its own lube. I was ready to go. It you was say that? <laughs> and that is so weird when you I, say it? I'm telling you, all I needed was a, a little spit and a prayer, and I was down. So that's, though, that is truthfully, though, where I remember. I'm going to say this now. Most anal sex needs lube. Lots of lots just, of lots just of gonna, lots of yeah, lots so of lots if of you're, lots of lube. If you're trying to do that, Please use lube. There's a lot of – talk to your doctor, but if you're sh nervous about that, there's actually a lot of really great Instagram accounts. There's one guy that I follow. He's like a redheaded gay. He talks about body. He's a doctor and talks about all this shit all the time. Evan Goldstein. A, Evan Goldstein's a great doctor. Um, anyway. Our Gentile friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, you just – so for me, it really was though that moment. I never really thought about bottoming. And then that happened. I went, oh, yes, this is for me. Immediately, you're like, oh, this is it. This is oh, it. Oh, here we go. This is yeah. it. And I, and I just say, follow your bliss, y'all. Follow, follow find, your bliss. And then don't, don't, don't let anything, whether it's a gender construct or what you, what you think you don't like or what you think you are, and and with your partner or, with, or whoever you're hooking up with, play around with different things and don't be afraid to say, let's try something else. You know, if, if, you know. what I was talking about, it felt good. I followed what felt good. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're doing all this, follow, like you said, follow what feels comfortable and also what feels good, what feels nice. Yep. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. And don't let anyone tell you who you are and what role you are. Yeah. And um, yeah, I totally agree. I think that's the show. That is. We, that's we part wanted one. to end on that question of part one. We are. And we yeah. will be. Well, we, part two will be coming up. I think will be released tomorrow. Next. Yeah. Next, we're going to be talking about some other great questions that you asked. So um, that's it, y'all. So we're just going. We're going to end it now. We're going to jump into part two, and we'll see. I will you be. Then. 
I will be talking about the musical Jagged Little Pill. Uh, there was a question about that. And Moulin Rouge. I will talk about both of those. And Hamilton. I'll talk about that, too. Oh, it's going to be a Poodle's Broadway corner, y'all. <laughs> All right. We'll see you in part two. <laughs> <laughs>